Hey, y'all. I'm Allison Asarch from Nashville, Tennessee. Hey, I'm Sean Fraser from the Ritzy Kids. Hunters, this is Johnny from Rail Motor. Hey, it's Shane from Blind Season. Hey, it's Rob Stanier, and you can check out my music on all the streaming platforms. Check out my latest music on all the streaming sites. Check out my debut album on all streaming platforms. Check out our new debut album. Check us out on Spotify and Apple Music. And you're listening to our friends, Braggy and Curly. My favorite brands from Australia. My two favorite podcasts is Braggy and Curly. Braggy and Curly. On the Unfiltered. Hey there everyone and welcome to episode 129 of the Unfiltered and Undiscovered podcast. We've got a packed board today as you can see on the video. We've got five friendly faces. We've got the two boys. We've got Soren and David from Sweet Talk. How are you boys? Thanks for joining us. Pleasure to be here. Why am I showing that on? I'll hide that one. That's pretty ordinary. Let's do this one. That's better. And, of course, we've got our regular co-host. We've got uh, Braggy from Sydney. Sorry. No. From Adelaide. No. Yes. And and totally overwhelmed by Queenslanders today, we have Rossi from Sydney. How are you, boys? Very good, thanks, mate. And I do speak Queenslander. I can go a bit slower for you. <laughs> and, and I'll just confirm, Sweet Talker from Melbourne, but they're Gold Coast boys living down there under duress and house arrest, I must say. So, but anyway. All right, a little bit of news. Let's talk about, Braggy, what happened with the cricket. The 2020, there was three games. and uh, I've had, Yeah, I've lost interest since the World Cup. So... Um, I think there was a 2020 last night and Maxwell did it again, but I'm just looking forward to the Australian summer now, you know? Yeah. yeah. Bit of of shield cricket or stuff like that I'm into. Yeah. The Gabba's got a day-night test this year. Yeah, he took it from us. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, see, we just take everything. And (laughs) and you noted off-air that um, Soren has got the Travis Head mustache. Well... But yeah, Soren sorry, directed you. Yeah. Actually, I think it's probably a boonie mustache. Yeah, it's yeah. Boonie. yeah. We're gonna, we're, we're boonie, gonna yeah. go to or- yeah. we're gonna go to origins of mustaches. Mm. <laughs> That's a fair shout, actually. Yeah. yeah. He curses me in the age stage, so I think that yeah, that's a good good shout. Okay, cool. How many how many beers could you do on a flight to England, do you think? Fair few. <laughs> That would go. I'd go toe to toe with Bernie. I reckon. (laughs) (laughs) All right. A little bit of news. Tomorrow's Oz Music T-shirt day. We record on a Wednesday. Of course, the podcast comes out on a Friday. Um, Rossi, I've seen a couple of bands promoting Oz Music Day, but they never make mention of Support Act. Yeah, and that's the point of the whole thing: is to make a donation to Support Act, and the money goes into you know. It's a benevolent fund for crew, and they do a lot of really good. They do they run a re, lot of really good campaigns and causes and support. And I know they've personally helped a number of people I know. And so, rather than just posting a photo of yourself wearing a t-shirt saying, "Look, I've got a cool t-shirt," if you can kick five bucks in, two bucks in, ten bucks in, it does matter. Anything you can does make a difference, and I've seen it make a difference to many people's lives. I think it's a great yeah, thing. Absolutely, and. Um... A great cause. And the other piece of news that we've got, you've got some news about that wonderful episode we did with Pyrefly, one of our favourites, because I think I laughed the whole way through. <laughs> melodic well, death metal, wasn't it? That's melodic death saying. metal. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The laughs don't stop with our mates from Pyrefly. Um, Kyle and his beautiful fiance Janine 
uh, were going to New Zealand. Went to New Zealand to get married, and oh, they, oh. yeah, they, the the rest of the band and their nearest and dearest all flew into New Zealand. That they're having a destination wedding in Hobbiton. Okay. Unfortunately for them, on the way over, the people at the wedding who were all waiting for them got a text message saying the boat had been turned around and sent to Tasmania. The oh. boat. They were on the boat. They were on the boat to New Zealand, and it oh, stopped in New Zealand, crazy. and it got sent to Tasmania, and they weren't allowed. Also, everyone was there waiting for the people to turn up and get married. They never and, arrived because they were sent uh, to Tasmania. Well, you know, Hobbit in Tasmania, kind of the, big, the P&O cruise turned it around for biosecurity cause in in New Zealand. Wow, they're very tough on borders <laughs> over there, apparently. <laughs> Oh, that's a classic. It only happened to those boys. And there's just another story for them just to be sharing. Oh, that's a classic. All right. And so they, let's so they're still not married. They're still oh, not so married. They're, they're officially not married. Okay. Yeah. And they blew their dog, no doubt. Oh, well. yeah. Unbelievable. Story to have. Let's um, introduce the uh, our, our guest tonight. And these guys have been recently nominated for Best Live Blues and Roots Act in the 2023 National Live Music Awards. Uh, please welcome Soren and Dave from Sweet Talk. How are you guys? Really well, thank you. Doing great, guys. Yeah, good to be here. Well, I usually start the first question, guys, and I usually like to take you take us back to where it all started for you guys. Like. Did you have musical parents? Uh, you know, did you? How did? How? When was music become a thing in your life? Yeah, I mean, you go, Dave. Come on. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I would say, and I know this is true for Soren too, but we both had parents that were deeply into music. Um, I remember sitting at three years old, seeing the turntable go around, um, and ask. My dad wasn't at home, and I asked my mum where he was, and she said, "Seeing James Taylor." And I remember distinctly thinking, that's cool that he can go out to dinner with James Taylor. You know, <laughs> uh, I, I did, I, it wasn't until many years later that I kind of pieced that one together. But they, they had, you know, growing up having records, you know, I was brought up on a lot of stuff from the 60s and 70s and and even into the 80s with like things like Sade, which is soul music still. Mm. Um, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. You know, really clear memories. I was listening to Van Morrison all day, actually, because that brings me right back to the beginning of everything so yeah i guess from a very early age music was always on in the house and to this day my parents listen to it all the time and we do here as well with our kids so that makes a lot of sense dave with with mm. uh what i hear from what i've been listening to today you, you've got you got yeah. stuff today and that, and Saren, was yours a similar story yeah um parents were music mad uh they None of them played as such, but um, again, probably like Dave, I had an uncle that was pretty into his music. He took a, an interest in, I guess, my love of music at an early age and uh, sort of, I guess, stoked it. Um, as I said, the parents were really encouraging, loved their music. I guess the big tip-off point for me was when the Beatles anthology was on tally. Um, oh. We recorded that, or the parents did, because I was in bed. But, um, yeah, they recorded it for me on VHS, and I just became obsessed with that series and pretty much knew from, yeah, then on, I knew what my journey was going to look like. 
If you've got the Beatles as a foundation, you can't go wrong. Yeah, yeah. and, and yeah. I, mine, I have a similar VHS type story, although mine was a, a little bit more angsty teenagery. Where um, the first time I ever noticed anything that I was like, "That's what I want to do," was MTV Unplugged Nirvana live. Oh yeah. oh yeah! When I first saw that, and I thought, "Who is this guy wailing while playing an acoustic guitar?" It was the first time I'd noticed music that was like of my generation. Um, that okay. wasn't my parents' music, and that kind of really set me on a pathway that it might be possible to do, I suppose. So that was like, um, I know for Soren, you, you like wanted to learn every Beatles song. I wanted to learn every Nirvana song, which I suppose by proxy is. It's like he was yeah, a Beatles yeah. Mad, so it's obviously you know, a, a Beatles, yeah, yeah. Huge I, band. I, I, yeah. I don't think it's unrelated. I think, yeah, I don't Probably. know. Yeah, 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 well, really I mean, not. musically speaking, the complexity of yeah. Nirvana's mel melodies and where he places things are really not dissimilar at all. You know, it's not it's not basic, even though people might think it is. I've spent no a way. period of my life being lectured about Nirvana mm. by a young person I live with because there's a resurgence of that stuff now again. Yeah, like, oh, his, cho his choice of, me of melody over the chords is... Yeah. Yeah. is just unbelievable. Really unique. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the guy from Rode, the guy from Rode Microphones bought that guitar and it lives here now. Oh, really? I've heard this. I've heard this. Yeah, yeah. Martin. I, saw, yeah. I, saw, I saw it at an exhibition in Sydney at the Powerhouse Museum. It's the biggest price paid for a guitar up until I think that's right. some of those guitars got sold last month. But yeah, yeah. It's wild because that's it's really iconic, isn't it? Oh, yeah. That, that, yeah. that performance, mm. that performance stoked so many people. It kicked off a thousand bands, I reckon. Yeah, I remember definitely. my brother. My brother actually got it. His first guitar. We painted it like was it Pat Smears' guitar with the oh, yeah. three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, we, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we got one from the dump, sanded it down, and painted it exactly like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's right. I mean, they got they got people. Nirvana got people back into guitar at, right at the perfect age for me. You know, because mm. before that, I suppose you had you had this really technical kind of hair metal stuff and that seemed yeah. opaque and impossible to penetrate Gone. for a year old. Mm. You know? just and then all of a sudden it's everything like, out of the way. Yeah, yeah, I can do that, I think, you know. Yeah. So. Well, that's yeah. just the cycle, isn't it, of, of rock and roll. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, you take, you take that back to Elvis, you know. It's just swept, swept all the jazz and stuff out of the way and mm. we're just playing three chords, 12 bar, you know, mm. and then punk does it and then... Mm -hmm. And then Motley Crue were it. dinosaurs at the time, weren't they? Yeah. Motley Crue and all those bands. Yeah, still good, but. Warren. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Like, but, but, you know, there was also things. like the invaded kind of pro, like post-prog rock pop stuff like Journey. And like I love all oh. that stuff, right? But, you know, that was In massive. You know, yeah, really, really large production, yeah. things like that. And, and all of that stuff really was coming to an end. It's like, well, where can we go with this now? Just so that came nuts. out and really... I was 15 when Nevermind the Bollocks came out. Same thing happened. It was like, what? Like, I, I was listening to Black Boys Rainbow on Black Sabbath, and then you heard that and just went, oh, okay. <laughs> and, I can play this too. and I can play this. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's multi generational too. My my daughter's, she's four, and she's obsessed with the Ramones because there's a, there's a yes. Ramones song in the Spider Man, in Spider Man, one of the recent Spider Mans. And so oh, I finally got her past Blitzkrieg Bop recently. Um, and she learned the word similar. I'm like, yeah, well, it is similar to all the other Ramon songs. But, man, there's not a bad Ramon song. I couldn't mm. find one. I listened to it for three hours and every song good. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and even if they Thank weren't you. good, they're quick. So. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but we just, just on behalf of people everywhere, we just want to thank you 
for what you're yeah. doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She couldn't, she couldn't sit through. I tried to put on God Save the Queen. That was a bit much for her at the time, but um, it'll She'll come. get there. She'll get there. Yeah, yeah she will. She will. So tell us the story of the band. How did, so we've heard music was an early inspiration. What were your first bands? What were they like? And then how did it migrate and morph into what we now know as Sweet Talk? Yeah, well, we've we've circled each other for oh, so many years in different musical acts, um, different you know different genres to a certain extent. Um, my brother and I, Tani, the lead singer, in another life, we're in a reggae band, um, you know, and it was sort of a soul reggae act, but uh, that formed part of our you know our journey here. But um, yeah, I mean, me and Dave were in a country band before Sweet Talk called Jimmy the State and the Sinners, which is Fortunately, still continuing to this day, a great band. Check it out. So we've sort of circled each other for, you know, the better part of 20, 15 years plus. Mm. And um, I, I've, I know that this kind of music, the stuff that we're putting together now, the tapestry of influence that we're trying to stitch together now is something that we've both always spoken about, but something we probably just had never had the opportunity to put something together to make it come to fruition. And I guess COVID weirdly provided that for us. We had a lot of time and by uh, email, by phone, and in the very small windows where we could, we were able to put together you know, the proper bones of what would become Sweet Talk. Yeah, that's been the story from a lot of bands we've interviewed, that that COVID period has been a time where everyone's consolidated and and you just knew it, didn't you? You knew that when, once it was all done that there was just going to be this spring of new mm. stuff coming out. It's really hard to put you guys in a, in a little pocket for what sound you do. When I first listened, I thought, oh, it's like the Teskey Brothers, but then, then I hear like your old mate on the piano and then I, I even even remind me of Dr. Hook at one point when I was <laughs> yeah. listening to, to, to your stuff because it's got that pop sort of, sort of mentality. For sure. Curly sent out a list of a, a whole bunch of different artists and he asked uh, Rossi and I to say, oh, who, who do you want, who should we get on? And so I was listening to all the stuff and then you, you had me at the shuffle. But you got yeah. <laughs> we'll discuss well, I mean, the shuffle. Yeah, yeah it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because it, it is, the shuffle is something you don't hear a lot in modern no. music. And if you do, it's, it's either a really stiff, almost programmed shuffle, like people have learned to play listening to drum machines um i mean it's one of the reasons why we connected with nick our drummer so early on uh it was because he was one of the only guys in melbourne we knew that could shuffle because you know rock and roll kind of went down a really straight pathway i don't want to blame pro tools entirely but um <laughs> you know you can you know i often talk about like you know go to go back to nirvana because yeah. my background with bands was kind of punk stuff you know like i was in a punk band in the uk for a while and then i did like a yeah, sort of electronic kind of new wavy type stuff mm. um, until the country band. Um, but yeah, like in that sort of music, you really get the feel the feel for that. Like the shuffle's kind of gone, you know, it's like it's pretty straight straight ahead stuff. And mm. if you look at Nirvana's work and compare it to the Foo Fighters, you can really hear the influence of Pro Tools, I think, on the second Yeah, band. fair enough. Yeah. Um, try, try, and quant try and quantize the shuffle. 
Yeah, well, yeah, (laughs) totally. Yeah, I mean, you know, there was a time where once upon a time we probably tried during a demoing phase or something like that. Um, I think there's a preset where you can try to shuffle it in the quantizing. Yeah, Yeah. no, don't do that. Because it will still (laughs) some kind of algorithm, right? And it becomes repetitive. And so, yeah, it's, um, yeah, the shuffle is is, is essential to our sound. You know, you mentioned it's organic and it ebbs and flows. Yeah, that's right. We do everything live um, to tape, play all together all at once. And so Soren and I, when we we did get together and start talking about what it was we wanted to do, like when we were, like even in high school, like towards just coming out of high school, we used to get together and watch the band's last waltz Ah. all the time, you know. And then we tapped hard into Levon's. Yeah. And and we got heavily into Levon's um, solo records. When we first started really like tapping electric dirt was it and then dirt yeah, electric farmer. dirt yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and dirt farmer yeah exactly <laughs> and so like those records like i guess because we we probably didn't yeah. like come from like straight country initially and we still don't but you know those were some of the ones where we're like oh yeah okay it's not just garth brooks and um, no you know the big I mean, stuff <clears throat> what do you call that it's like americana yeah, I mean, it used to be called country music. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, uh, but now we kind of call Americana anything that kind of relates to maybe sixties or seventies country. Well, you maybe know? you guys are Australiana. Yeah, I like. To maybe think. that's your, maybe that's your genre. Mm. Yeah, I, mean, we, I just invented a new genre. <laughs> yeah, we name check Australian places a lot in our music, and we try to so <laughs> write about what you are and where you're from. But yeah, All the right. shuffle, man. It's it's a core principle for sure. The pocket, yeah, the shuffle, shuffle is the core to the pocket, and the pocket That's is what, what it's really all about. If you got to live in the pocket, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All we're right, Musos. Favorite, I've got... We were discussing our favorite shuffle, shuffle players earlier on. <laughs> Who do you guys uh-huh. listen to? If you're listening to stuff, what would you what you go to? Oh, Picaro, probably. I mean, ah, that's pretty. Like you got Picaro earlier. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's. Uh, I mean, like Levon. Uh, yeah. oh, well, I mean, like one of our primary, inf- you know, things that we listen to is Little Feet. So Richie, yeah, sure, would yeah. have to be in there. Um, he's he he was he kind of like is the zenith, I think, of that kind of. Oops, sorry. I think he's the zenith of that kind of thing. You know, like mm. blending, like kind of like a, a, a shuffle that's really consistent with like rock, uh, the ability to play like rock fills through it, you know, yeah. and and uh, well, and yeah, it's just insane that guy. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, like we talked about Bernard Purdy earlier as well, but yeah. also, I'm also a big fan of your Brian Downey from Thin Lizzy, who's the king of rock shuffle. Like rock shuffle, like every everything Lizzy song's got a shuffle in it, and you just go, mm. What's he doing? Why is he doing that? <laughs> All right, so I'm cutting in here. This is part one of Braggy's Who Am I? get talking and it's just sorry. <laughs> I'm not That's sure who the audience is. is but I'm enjoying it <laughs> all right you might get this one in the first the first go uh Ro- Rossi might he's a he's like the Glen A Baker of, of our show I was born on December tw- oh, I was born on Christmas Day 1946 in Pescagola Mississippi but spent most of my childhood in Mobile, Alabama, where my father worked as an engineer for the United States Army. As a child, I was exposed to sailing. 
My grandfather was a steamship captain from Newfoundland and his father was a marine engineer and sailor. I was educated by the Jesuits as a Catholic and served as an altar boy at church. I attended St. Ignatius School where I played the trombone in the school band. It was around this time after seeing a folk music group perform in Biloxi, Mississippi, I realized I wanted to be a musician. I enrolled at Auburn University and was taught how to play guitar by a fraternity brother in order to garner attention from girls. Can anyone relate to that? <laughs> I, dropped anyone out of, yeah, I dropped out of college after a year in April 1966, unable to balance my newfound interest in music and girls with my college classes. For a while, I played in an acid rock band called the Upstairs Alliance, mm. trying unsuccessfully to sound like Jefferson Airplane. This musical failure sent me back to college, where I finally graduated with a bachelor's degree in history. That That's the clues. That's the clues for the first that's one. First, that's the first part. Yeah. Oh, there's so we get more clues, yeah. Yeah. He's a yeah, historian. Oh, there's, a big clue. Yeah. There's, a, there's a big clue in that first one, though. Mm. Well, is there, Bradley? Is there? <laughs> <laughs> all right, no processing, processing it all. I mean, has it got? Can I ask a question? Will I get so it? graduated 66. Has it got anything to do with the band Big Star? No, oh. good band, though. It's a yeah. great Ooh. record shop in, in uh, here called Big Star Records in Adelaide. I go there mm. all the time. All right, let's talk about the song, shall we? The, the, the Your latest release is called Warm Love. And um, tell us the inspiration behind the song, the, the song itself. Let's hear the story. Uh, well, I, I guess it started life as just like a, a riff, like most of our stuff does. It starts somewhere, you know, just like it, it was a riff that was actually kind of lifted from a different song. Um, when that riff was played in that particular song, it was too much for the song. Oh, this is crazy sauce, you know, that guitar yeah. part. Kind of pulled it out of there and built another song around it. Um, and, you know, in, like our co-writing style a lot of the time is when one of us hits a brick wall, we pass it on to the other person to, to see if they can come, you know, come up with something for it. And that came mm -hmm. about with this one. Like I think I had a verse maybe and a pattern in, a, in, the, in the choruses and then send it over to Soren and, he kind of built it around that. And all we knew really was that it was about a guy who ends up in the doghouse, but we didn't know how he got there. So like that 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 <laughs> hook of like, um, looks like I'm heading for the guillotine. Well, mama, yeah, yeah, why yeah. you gotta be mean? He's in trouble, but we don't know why. So we kind of constructed the narrative around um, a guy who kind of gets a little bit too liggered up on date night and has to be carried home. And then he tries to apologize the next day, but he misses misses breakfast and then he he misses the mimosas and then he asks her out on another date so uh and there's a few little hiccups along the way so he's kind of attempted apologizing to his partner really poorly
you go I really like you guys arrangements are really different as well it's it's not like your normal uh you know you guys got a lot of pre-chorus here you think oh this is the chorus no this is not the chorus you guys it's cool and then i really the other thing that won me over was a harmony guitar fucking solo <laughs> fuck yeah <laughs> yeah no that's no thank you for that yeah we um i guess I, you know when you listen to great tunes especially from that era yeah. a lot of them you, you, you lock on to bits the hooky bits of a of a song you know and a lot of them they have one or two you know which is great as well and we have some that have one or two as well but it's nice to stitch like a few real subtle ones together so like there can be a bit there and you might not even realize it's a bit um and yeah so it's stitching as many of those things together in a subtle way i think uh yeah that sort of yeah makes our sound i guess and i guess you yeah you don't want to give you want to give people just a little bit here and so they listen to the song again to pick up that one that mm. one little bit where it repeats yeah, I mean, one of the things I think we try to do when we hark back to some of our favourite records is there's real subtle things that they do with, like, beat count, for example. You might add another two beats on, so you have a full bar and then you just have a measure of two. Um, subtle key changes. I mean, this harmonised guitar solo you talk about, the chord progression that the solo is over never repeats again in the song. The only time it's in the song, the only purpose it serves is to support the solo. So we have those kinds of moments where it's like it's just... You, you set expectation, you subvert it, but not in a way that makes people go, whoa, it, in a way that people are like, wait, did I just hear that? Yeah. You know? Mm. Gets, yeah. It's, it's, really, it's really thoughtful, really thoughtful. Mm. Mm. Well, you know, but this is this is what our heroes did, you know? So for yeah. us, it's just kind of like we're just uh, learning from the people that we look up to. It's just something that has has kind of unfortunately gone in uh, – in modern music i remember i had a guitar teacher um who said to me it was like that when, when the diminished chords started getting taken out of music it's like that's when you yeah. really started to notice the the sim yeah, simplification the, yeah. mm. the passing chords exactly yeah. and so we use a ton of those all the time that's why we go back to the beatles right the beatles yeah. did lots yeah. of sevenths and diminished chords lots of that yeah. stuff is there and you listen the to masters. it and it's masters yeah. of it man absolutely yeah. Uh, totally, yeah, yeah. Totally. They wrote the book for, for how that stuff applied in popular music, really, like, or like, you know, rock and roll. But yeah, so you yeah, know, like subtle key changes and all that sort of stuff. It's so important. All that band stuff, though, like that was very sophisticated for the time. Like, a, yeah. a, I, I, sadly, 14 year old Rossi actually took a girl on a date to see The Last Waltz. It was really not a really good move. <laughs> Oh, depends on the girl, I'd imagine, Rossi. Yeah, yeah, didn't, I reckon. didn't work. Did not work. <laughs> <laughs> I was too interested in what was going on. Yeah. <laughs> Here comes the doctor. It's Dr. John. <laughs> Who? What? I remember going to see Almost Famous for the first time and hearing Elton John's Tiny Dancer for the first time, and I couldn't concentrate on the movie from that point onwards because back then you couldn't just go and look up this song when it first came yeah. out. So the whole move, rest of the movie, I had to keep singing the song in my head. So I'd remember it when I got home. And the girl I was with was just like, what are you doing, mate? I'm like, this is important. I'll explain later. That's such a great flick, though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. And it's one of my favourites to this day. But that uh, song hit me like a ton of bricks, and I had to remember that. Yeah. Uh, Hold me close to Tony Danza. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But the last waltz too. Look, my whole family, which is only three of us, my daughter and my and 
and my wife. We we love that movie so much. It's just the, just the way they back everybody in that in that movie mm. is blows my mind. They almost it's almost a different band for each person that comes out mm. that they they play behind. Oh, it's, yep, they tried to it. do that out here with that Andy Durant memorial concert. That Andy Durant was the guitar player in Stars who died. Mm, who wrote right. all the songs, Stars were a country rock band. And they had this big, and they got Broderick Smith and all those sort of guys in. And it was like a, that, that's all they were basing themselves on. They, they'd seen that and they've gone, we need to do that here. It wasn't quite as impressive, I must say. Interesting. I mean, so hard. We, we've had, we've collaborated with friends live before and you get people up to sing harmonies and stuff like that. And it always comes across as just kind of a bit of fun, but so it just shows you the collaborative powers that those guys had because they were supporting really? bands for such a long time, Dylan and yeah. Ronnie yeah. and all that sort of stuff. And then, so they were already well versed in exactly how to play the role of the support person. Yeah. Um, and then they just got superstars to jump up up, up with them. So oh. they just had to support like Van Morrison and Bob Dylan, you know. Um, <laughs> oh, no. But yeah, it's magic. It's absolutely magical, you know. And there's yeah, quality the songwriting and. Yeah, it's under. I think I, I think some people don't even realize what they're seeing because it's mm. that sophisticated. Yeah. It's yeah. just that classy, you know. I, I love yeah. it. Man. Yeah. So you guys have got uh, a bit of a back catalog sitting out there in the world as we know it, and I've really got to ask you about the name of the it's the EP um, in twenty twenty two six songs. I'd rather be listening to Sweet Talk. <laughs> that is that is right. Yes, and wouldn't you? Wouldn't you, just? <laughs> I guess it's cool. you know it was a it's kind of a tongue in cheek cheeky thing to name your first EP, which is sort of is reflective of who we are and the kind of band we are. Um, I don't know. It's just yeah, it's just cheek. I think that's what it came down yeah, to. We saw I mean, it. Yeah. We called our first oh, country funny. album um, the best of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, so it, a it is, it is. It truly yeah. was. It was. It was, the, it was the best and only 10 songs that we had. Um, the truth yeah. is an offense. But I tell you what, when you're when you're at a when you're at a show or a festival and you see a bunch of t-shirts that are white with just red text on it that says, I'd rather be listening to Sweet Talk on the front. I'm getting one. Yeah, yeah. 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 I kind of understand why it works. Yeah, I get you. And, and it's good to have, uh, you know, it's good to uh, have a bit of comedy, take the piss out of yourselves a little bit. Well, as well. you know, like yeah. Sarah mentioned that it was, a, it, you know, it's tongue in cheek. Like we try to have a bit of humor in all of our music. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. there's always, because you can sing about some heavy stuff and still have humor in it. Ry Kuda yeah. is a master at that. Yeah. Lowell George is a master at that. You know, they, yeah. they talk about heavy stuff and it's all like, a, you know, it's kind of like if you make light of it, it actually makes it easier to digest, I think. So, you know, we're, we're, we like to think there's always a bit of, uh, yeah, kind of a, a, a kind of tragedy comedy kind of thing going on. Mm. Yeah, Stuff's too serious these days. People take themselves yeah. way too seriously. Yeah. Or, so how, do you, how do you find the live realm these days? Like, do you guys, you know, like gigging's always, you know, always a battle. You guys out getting out there as much as you can? Definitely, yeah. We're um we are we love to play live. Um, essentially, we're probably at our best when we are on stage, and it's all the process of trying to capture what we do on stage when we're trying to record. So you know, we we'll play anywhere, anytime. Um, yeah, it's just what we do. Uh, we don't find it 
you know, we're sort of early days um, as far as us as a band, but we've we've found it really enjoyable. I think um, we've it's taken us to places we wouldn't have gone before. We've just come back from a trip to WA. I personally had never been to WA, so um, wow, that's those that's sorts of things. Yeah, yeah, and it was you know it was an arduous trip, but it was very much worth it. Um, we'll be back there for sure. We loved it. It was that's at great. the Bridgetown Blues Fest, so um. Yeah, we really we love playing live. I think um, I can speak for all the guys when I say that. Yeah, that makes a band, though, doesn't it? Like, yeah, mm. like yeah, like the, the we've, I've discussed. Yeah, a lot of younger bands these days. Yeah, they put out a, a single before they've hardly done any gigs, and it's like you got to play live. You just have to, you know. Yeah. At least in my opinion, the more you play live, the better it is. The songs grow different legs. Exactly. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 yeah, massively, massively. Mm. I mean, we, we try to, after the, the first EP was a proof of concept that we did because we were in COVID and no one would book us for a show because we had no material. So Because like, of COVID, we had to do it differently. Yeah, you know? yeah of course, of course, of course, yeah. Um, and that's, but, you know, but we rehearsed the crap out of it and then did it to a small audience in a studio because we had, like, the film crew there anyway. So yeah. we filmed all that. That was just supposed to be a proof of concept for to get a, a show, but it turned out really good, so we released it. But this time around, the last few songs we've recorded, that's been after some heavy touring. Like we've played those songs for probably six or six months or twelve months before we've recorded them. Um, mm. So that's in there, you know. But even still, like you, they've taken on a life of their own. We've done just done about eight or nine weeks back to back touring on weekends, fly out, come back, or. You know, like we did a Victorian run and we had last weekend off, but we're in Sydney this weekend. Where are you this weekend? Where are you this weekend? Ooh. Newtown Festival. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm 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 guessing that's in Newtown. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the extent of the information I have for you, Ross. Yeah. But yeah. Newtown Festival. Yeah, and so tell us. <laughs> I, I caught a bit. Of, I caught. A, I, I picked up the irreverent tone when I saw a bit of it. Saw a bit of the documentary. Mm. How that? How did that all happen? Which one? <laughs> we released a new one today. Yeah. In fact. Yeah. yeah we, again, we put out a we put out a documentary about ourselves and the making of and the making of an idea hey. to listen to Sweet Talk before we'd even play the show. Yeah. <laughs> But I think this, I think the vibe of blowing yourself up and making yourself look bigger than you are sometimes can work, and that's great. Uh, yeah, I, get that. I really get that. If it works yeah. for Beckham, yeah. If it works for yeah. Beckham, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, make it till you make it. Where's it that Bon Jovi video clip where they hired a? Yeah, I think Bon Jovi put out a music video where they hired a, an empty stadium and filmed a whole bunch of like flyover shots of them playing live, and then just uh-huh. sliced in massive crowd footage. To make it wow. look like they're playing to a huge crowd, and they had like two hundred people there in the mosh pit, but that was it. And then they just cleverly yeah. edited it. Like, smarter. Oh, yeah, I've worked, with, That's right. I've worked for bands that have done that, and I'm like, what the fuck am I doing here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, I see on your uh, show dates, you're playing up here in Brisbane at the Eaton's Hill in the ooh, February, first of gig. February. Uh, supporting or is it supporting Charlie Crockett? Charlie Crockett, yeah. Oh, he's the the black country singer. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he's a he's a like an old country super lord at the moment. I mean, he's yeah. taking the world from by storm. He kind of, yeah. I feel like he's the natural kind of um, 
successor to Justin Townsell, who uh, yeah. passed away sadly over COVID, you know, and, and I know that Charlie Crockett feels, you know, that Justin Townsell was his kind of, you know, genesis, oh. but there was a bit of a gap there for like authentic Texan kind of very or country music. Yeah. yeah. So I saw him live last or earlier this year, maybe April or something like that when he was last out. Can't it couldn't even we were blown away when we found yeah. out we got the support for that. Like yeah. there's no mm. way we would have thought that would have occurred. Yeah. And I think we found out maybe a week or two after that that we were playing the blues fest in Byron Bay, which is so crazy for us oh to think about. Chicken girls. Yeah, you know, that was our we grew up there. We went there yeah, every yeah. year. Going up on the Goldie, that was a huge formative part of our musical journey, I'd say. Yeah. Canned Heat was specials in those days. Yeah. Oh, man. Canned Heat, because Peter Noble, the guy who runs it, mm. was bringing Canned Heat back out in the like 85. Like, you know, like that was he, he made all his money on Canned Heat. Would you believe he made money on the Flaming Groovies? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Out, and he brought, I think he put out Johnny Thunder and the Heartbreakers as well. Wow! Yeah, yeah, I would have, yeah, I would have been one of those punters putting money down to go see the flaming groovies just quietly. Yeah, so. sure yeah. yeah. Hey, yeah, um, first came about. Hey, Braggy, um, I'm sure you'll be shocked to understand that it's um, they're not Number visiting two. Adelaide. Who's not visiting Adelaide? Uh, Charlie Crockett or or the boys from yeah, Sweetport. Charlie Crockett is. Uh, well, you don't have the right support act then. So. No, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, we're on like seventy percent. He's, of the he's at the Gov. He'd be at the Gov, which is a great venue. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. great room. Yeah. So, Enmore Theatre in Sydney, Rossi, fourth of February. So that's massive, massive. Yeah, yeah. Great yeah. Great yeah. Great boy. You so, guys have done it the right way. Just make a yeah. documentary about yourself and all the good. <laughs> <laughs> we still joke about that, don't we? We're like, when we've had a few, you know, a couple of, couple of uh, fizzy drinks of a night, we're still like, Do we, what, how are we, mate? We, we put a documentary out after three months. And we just laugh, you know. It's ridiculous. But we're projecting forward and hopefully, you know, sort of yeah. thinking about the project. If, if people do like this band that's something that i would like as a fan to go back and watch so that was the thinking behind it yeah yeah we try to do just the stuff that we like we we're touching on a bit before but this is the first band where we've done exactly what it is we want musically you know we get to play solos finally in in the music and you know we're just putting out stuff that we want to see you know and hopefully mm. that catches a light with other people but we'd be doing this one way or another yeah. Mm. Yeah. But the genesis so, for what you're doing is all the hard work you've done over the preceding 20 years, right? Yeah. yeah so sure. it's not like you've come from nowhere. No. Yeah. I just think that like a lot of people ask us, like, where, where have you guys kind of been? But I feel like it's just that we've just taken a, a bit of time to bubble away. We're working on different projects, we're making records and doing all sorts of different things. But this is the one where we just thought, let's give it one last go, you know? Like, COVID came, kicked our butts. Like, if we could, if we could get back out there in the world and start playing music again, what would it look like? Mm, and that's yeah. what it is, you know? Yeah. So it's like, kind of, you know, we're, we're, we're not like, you know, in our 20s anymore. <laughs> uh, as, but so we're just looking to like, let's let's give it a red hot crack while we can, you know? Yeah, good on you. Good on you. Hey, um, your producer was Alex Markwell and your mixer was trina shoemaker so some pretty decent sort of names there i take it what 
Yeah. How did you well, get actually, on to them? The, um, the uh, press release is actually a bit incorrect there. Alex engineered it, but Siren and I produced oh, it. Um, gotcha. So all of the real stressful shit we did. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and the expensive was, part as well. The expensive yeah, part you did yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. a bit of coin. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but you know, Alex is an old friend of ours from the Delta Rigs, um, and I used to play in that band, and we've both recorded with oh, them okay. before in different uh, different contexts, and uh, we're just really comfortable with him. We got a shorthand with Alex that you just can't you, you can't buy anywhere, you know, because we've known him for well as almost as long as we've known each other. Um, and then yeah. Trina, so so we were sitting down trying to figure out who might mix it because that's always going to be the hardest part. To, like, how do we get something that sounds authentic? To the music we like without sounding mm -hmm. homage you know and uh, we went back and listened to a bunch of records and it was the charlie crockett record actually where we both went this is sick like that i'm just a clown song which sounded really great and so we're like well who mixed that and trina's name came up we reached out to a few different mix engineers and she was the only one who wrote back and she was wrote back immediately and her rates were really good and we struck up a friendship and she said all the right things and yeah, we just sent That's the files cool. off to her when we finished recording them, and and we got them back in like a week or something. And so I think wow. by during, time... during that phase, also we found out that she mixed the first Cheryl Crow record, and I think mm. that that really sealed the deal. Mm. Tick. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. So quality is quality, right? Yeah. Yeah. You get yeah. a good result. Use good people. You know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think we we recorded it in July in. Um, I, we probably got the master back within four weeks. Wow. Um, yeah. That's that's motoring. But yeah, because yeah, they record everything at once, right? So, like, most people mm. spend months recording stuff because they're just squeezing it in and doing vocal overdubs and stuff. We do everything super fast because we we put all the hard work in before in the rehearsal process. Yeah, because you guys got so, there's big harmonies there too, which, you know, can't be easy, you know, live to re record live. Mm. You know, oh, we don't. <laughs> we <overdub. laughs> disclosure, yeah, the PVs are overdubbed, but gotcha. often the lead vocal will be captured with the performance of the okay. song, and then we'll get that it. energy. Get that same that energy. Yeah, that yeah. Mm. But yeah. like, man, backing vocals are such the secret oh, sauce man. of every great track. I love it. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. We do we pull it all off live though, so we, we yeah, do have evidence. Yeah, yeah. Happy <laughs> that. Happy to hear that. <laughs> Now all you need that. is throwing a bit more twelve string. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, you know what? Like, I don't think we have acoustic on anything yet. Like, part yeah. of it, it's an intentional aesthetic decision we've made to kind of keep it as close to the live show as possible, without like That's embellishing good. too much. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll get there. It's a bit Thanks, of what you man. see is what you get, too, right? <laughs> People listen to the record, come and see the show. Yeah. I can yeah. see Braggy's getting ready for part two. I reckon so. time for number two, part two. Yeah. All right. Ready. Uh, after graduating, and you'll get it after this. Well, at least I know Rossi will. I know Rossi will. After graduating in 1969, I moved to New Orleans and started busking for tourists at Decatur Street and playing for drunken crowds in the former Bayou Room nightclub on Bourbon Street. In 1970, I moved to Nashville to try to further my career. I didn't have much luck with music jobs, but got a job working as an editorial assistant for Billboard. In the fall of 1971, after an impromptu audition, I was hired by The Exit Inn, a Nashville club, as the opening act for recording artist Diane Davidson. In, the, in November of the same year, I met fellow country singer Jerry Jeff Walker, and he and I went to Key West in Florida on a busking expedition. I liked it 
so much, I moved there in the spring of 1972. It was here that I got involved in the literary scene, meeting writers Jim Harrison, Tom Cochran, and Truman Capote. Sex and drugs were plentiful, and I was hired by real estate developer David Wachowski playing for drinks at the chart room bar in the Pier House Motel. From a connection I made there, I was hired as the first mate on a billionaire's yacht, which became my day job. Oh man, I got no idea. I love Jerry Jeff Walker, but I'm trying to think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a name I have not thought of for a long time. Jones. I've been thinking like the meters. I mean, Rossi, you got? You haven't got it? No, I haven't got it. I haven't got it. Cool. Good. I thought I thought you might have got it there. No, no, no. How about that, Truman Capote, Tom Cocker? I don't know if you guys are literary guys, but wow. Hanging out with those guys. I'm wearing a pair of spectacles that are called the Gregory Peck. Uh, oh. After, uh, oh. To kill a yes, <laughs> All right. So how do you um, describe your music? I mean, the, the, you've talked a little bit about a country. We've talked a little bit about blues. I get a really strong visualisation when I listen to Warm Love that I'm walking into like this dark, sweet, um, sweet uh, speakeasy type place with the old smoke that's wafting around and there's just a series of musicians just deep into whatever it is that they do. Um, but how do you describe, I'd say that real blues feel, but how do you describe your music? Southern Boogie is what we've come up with. Ooh. And it's sort of, yeah, it, as, as, you, as you mentioned earlier, it has been hard, you know, it's hard for us to tell other people what kind of music we are. Um, often it depends who you're talking to, what festival you're talking to, because mm-hmm. we can sort of lean either way. Um, we've fortunately been invited to country festivals as well as blues festivals and crossover festivals. So I think we're really lucky in that regard. But, yes, I guess the other side of that is, yeah, not been able to, really identify with one genre um, over another. Fortunately, I think the country scene in Australia has really embraced us. Um, Tamworth has been really good to us. Um, There's a lot of great colleagues in that scene that we've worked with and that we've played with over the last few years. So I think we feel um, that that we're akin to the country scene here, but also the blues scene and and we're open to uh, any festival. Mm. Well, the country guys have got a big sense of community, haven't they? Oh, yeah. It's been uh, Yeah. I mean, coming yeah. from the, that kind of punky indie background, um, I used to think <laughs> there was nothing nicer than like a heavy metal crowd, but I think yeah, the country yeah, crowd yeah. Takes, the cra- takes the cake because yeah, the indie crowd can be pretty snobby. Um, uh, but, yeah, yeah. country country's amazing. Like they really embrace this. And-, and I think that back, back in the day in the era that, say, our music is evoked from, there was – I think a you know a relationship between the country and the rock and roll like perhaps there isn't now. Um, there's a lot more crossover, a lot more appreciation going on, and I think you know it's nice to see that happening for us now because they sort of see that that is interwoven and it's part of our fundamental is country. So yeah, it's nice to have but, been welcomed in. Well, yeah, Grateful Dead were past masters of that as well, you know. And they yeah. brought the psychedelic to the party as well. Mm. Yeah, you got to bring something different as well. So um, hopefully yeah. we're doing that. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I guess I was t- two guitars, 
you know, that's, that's, I don't know, Rossi, is there, we talk about rock and roll, is what, what, I don't know if there's any, is that scene died a bit? It's just, there is so much more country and blues festivals and stuff out there, you know, for yeah. guitar based bands. Ebbs and flows, I think. Yeah, like, mm. yeah, there's always a reaction, and a, an action and a reaction, you know, like young kids at the moment are, ripping off their shirts and doing hardcore at the moment. I'm seeing 18, 19 year olds doing that. Mm-hmm. Whereas, mm-hmm. yeah, like, yeah, five, six, seven years ago, they were all picking up their uh, Fender Jazz Masters. And, yeah. Yeah. I reckon I reckon rock and roll has been completely captured by computers, if, I, yeah. if I'm honest about it. Like, I, I, I know um, some touring bands who are playing with some really big rock acts, and you'd be surprised at how much of it's on backing track. Wow. And so they're oh, playing yeah. over top of backing track to support it. And that Not shit right. doesn't fly in the country scene and it doesn't fly in the blues scene. Mm. Like maybe at the top end, the mm. very big fest. Uh, I, I saw Brad Paisley in April, no backing track. Um, no. You know, like it, it's like if you're looking for authenticity, it's really easy to find in country and blues, I think. But yeah, it's you amazing. Guys yeah. yeah, but it's amazing how rock and roll that's supposed to be the edgiest, like riskiest kind of style mm. is now. Yeah. We played to click tracks and and with you know with uh, backing vocals and everything on the on the backing track and even even some of those hardcore bands you mentioned they do it all as well mm-hmm. everything's triggered and so I think that you know to compete in rock and roll you've got to supplement your production with mm. backing tracks and that doesn't yeah. that hasn't come <laughs> into the country and blues scene I think because people expect to see a bit of liveness to it so I think Kids. rock and roll is in a tough place in that regard you know. Yeah. So Kiss you're not crew are very bad examples of that. Yeah, I, I was just about to say you're not telling me Kiss played to backing <laughs> tracks on their recent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just uh, yeah, but see, we're talking old school, you know. They no, they're dinosaurs, man. Like yeah, right. that's, we're waiting for yeah. the asteroid to come and take out Gene yeah. Simmons. You know? Hey guys, it's Good been luck. rude of us. Yeah, it's it's been rude of us. But who else is in the band? So you guys are both guitarists, right? Have I? Yeah, for sure. We've got um, we've got six of the best. We've got Tani Walker, my brother, on vocals. Um, and the other members include Craig Mattingly on piano. Don't you dare say he's a keyboard player. Um, <laughs> He, he does. He does dabble in both. Uh, we've got our man James Vincent Harding on bass and Nick Simons on drums. Awesome, six piece. That's at least three Queenslanders. Yeah, it's yes. three. It's it's three Queenslanders, two Victorians, and a Tasmanian. Uh-huh. Walk into a bar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just good because you guys have got the numbers. You've got the numbers. You can vote them down. Yeah. We, also have, we also have the places to stay on on the Gold Coast when we go up yeah. there. So nice. No one minds going. No one minds going because we're near the water. So I take it you met the rest of the band in Melbourne. Is that yeah where the yeah. band evolved from? Yeah, we had a version one of the band that we probably tried to start with a few other friends of ours. Um, yeah. That didn't quite kick off where we needed it to go, so we kind of started again and. Um, yeah, I think it was through a couple of tribute, somebody's birthday party where we played like a Strokes cover set or something and then a Christmas party after that where we met these guys and it was just in between rehearsing this Julian Casablanca's back catalogue stuff that um, I heard James and Nick start playing some shuffle stuff and I was like, that, that sounds pretty good and Soren and I had been looking like long and hard. Yeah. We were thinking, we had a list of people we were going to audition. 
And we asked them to come along to a jam. And then before we knew it, it was like, yeah, okay, this is feeling good. We can swing, we can find a pocket. And then, you know, we, we were toying with, with vocalists um, for ages as well. And we knew how good Tiny was. Like we knew it. Uh, it was just whether or not he was into this kind of thing, if we wanted to do it. And, and sure enough, he was stoked too. So the final piece of the puzzle was Tane. And then, so we sort of basically started rehearsing in maybe like November. I don't even know what year it would have been, 2019 maybe. And uh, and by February the next year, we'd recorded that first EP. So I think Tiny had only been in the band three weeks or something when we first recorded that EP. And then uh, Caitlin, for some reason, Caitlin Harnett heard about us and she had an opening act drop out uh, for her Gasso show here. And I think it was like, it was the week after we'd finished recording the EP. So she put out a Hail Mary to ask us if we'd open because she knew Nick somehow. And uh, we we ended up opening for her, and it was our first ever show. And all we had were the six songs on the EP, so we just played them cool. in the order that was on the EP. And uh, and then that was our only show for like twelve months because we went into lockdown. Oh. But a, a little snippet <laughs> of that show came to the attention of someone at the Tamworth Hotel, who uh, was like, "If we if you guys ever are allowed out of the state, we'd love you to come and play at the Tamworth Hotel during the Tamworth Country Music Festival." And that was really the the beginning of the snowball yeah. effect because that was like we we captured that crowd big time you know the first night was like mm. maybe 300 then the next night word got around 600 and then the next night they happened to shut the doors and not let people in oh, so man. um right yeah and then from there it was like andy gollage said don't go home just yet change your flights play with me tomorrow night so before you know it, we're playing in front of 400 people in sydney opening for him and it was just constantly building like crazy that's got that was 12, that was 12 months ago. <laughs> it's your self-belief right there. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. That's great. Well done. Yeah. Let's make it's fantastic. a documentary. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, I, don't, I, I'm, I know Sorry, mentioned it earlier, but we actually put out another one today. <laughs> I can't, I can't <laughs> wait. I'm going to enjoy it even more. So, so Sweet Talk, is it? Is it going to be, in, is there another EP or? Yeah. That, well, okay. we're not quite sure yet, actually. Okay, um, but we're recording songs. Uh, yeah, it's, um, it's the it's the album versus EP versus dripping singles on Spotify versus yeah, yeah that that same old argument so every time. What's the model? How does it work? And what are we well, doing? Yeah. we're learning. We're we're into our analytics now. You have to be. Yeah, yeah, I love it. So okay, that's cool. Just but on that, as one song I really want to mention here. I know we've still got a little way to go, but. I really love uh, "Left Me for the Music," mate. That's a freaking that's a pop song, and I love it. I'm a sucker for a great pop song. And when when the first when you first mentioned, I think you mentioned James Taylor. Your parents are watching James Taylor. I just get that vibe right from the start of that song with the piano. Cool. Yeah. Thank you, Faggy. That's uh, yeah. That was one of the definitely one of the probably first two or three songs that um, we wrote. Yeah, it's a great one. Um, a a different vibe. Yeah, yeah, it's a different. It's more poppy, isn't it? Do you think? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's got a more sing alongable hook and and crowd wise, yeah. crowd get into it big time. Crowd like that? Yeah, yeah. We've got a clap part in it, so it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's good. Is that it's what great. they call those things? All right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, it's, and, it's a, and it's also one of the first times we really sort of. I guess we wrote a dual guitar part for that. Yeah, yeah, you know? it's a dual solo too. Yeah, 
And it's it's a real part. So it's got a lead up part and then we take it, we mm. saw. So, you know, it's quite indulgent for a dual guitar part, but it's just the song required it. And um, we, we thankfully pulled it off, I think. But yeah, thanks for that. It's a, it's a, definitely a crowd favorite, I think. It goes off live. And and we're all going to get it apparently. Oh, if you don't, no, I'm ready. I'm so far I'm away. About, I'm about I'm about to mention like songs, so you're going to get it. Okay. No, there, are, there is music. There is a music connection. Is there? Because <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I've done just about everything else. Look, I've got to make and the it answer. Hard. The answer to the question is it's the Pope. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's been a couple. has been a couple of times when I've when I've said I was born so and so in some place, and Curly goes, "Ah, oh, that's Little Richard." Mm. <laughs> you know, so yeah, I no, it's not Curly that says it; it's Rossi that Rossi, says yeah. it. Yeah. I don't say it though. I don't say it. I just think it. In 1973, <laughs> I signed a recording contract with AB Sil Dunhill Records, then run by Don Grant. After the death of Jim Croce in a plane crash in September 73, Dunhill promoted me as a replacement. My first release was a white sports coat and a pink crustacean, recorded at Tom Thomas Glazer's studio on Music Row and released in 1973. The album featured the hit singles Grapefruit, Juicy Fruit and Why Don't We Get Drunk, as well as I Have Found Me a Home, written about my experiences in Key West. I used the money I made from the album to buy my first boat. My second album, Living and Dying in Three Quarter no. Time. Got to be Jimmy Buffett. Jimmy Buffett, yeah. no? Yeah. Let me well, just we finish. We should have got up. that from Florida, shouldn't we? Yeah. 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 I was thinking that now. Now I think that. Yeah. Okay, I'll finish it. I released uh, three, Living and Dying in Three Quarter Time, released in February 74, deviated from the island theme and included the song Come Monday, my first single to place mm. in the Billboard Hot 100. Oh in 1975, I formed the Coral Reefer Band 
and opened for the Eagles in August <laughs> 75. In January that 77, I released Changes in Latitudes, Changes in Attitudes, mm. which in the addition to the title track featured my breakthrough hit song, Margaritaville. I wrote the yeah. song in six minutes. And ironically, while I attempted to negatively portray tourists in Key West, it led to an increase in tourism in the city. <laughs> that year, I sublet my apartment in Key West to Hunter S. Thompson. I was my, waiting for him to turn up. My fans are called <laughs> Parrotheads, and my fans are called Parrotheads, and usually come uh, to my shows wearing Hawaiian shorts and mm. under the influence. My name is Jimmy Buffett. Or if it didn't happen by then, we would have yeah. had it in the uh, Hawaiian yeah. shirt. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's a fantastic episode of Thirty Rock, all about the Buffett heads. Yeah, uh, yeah. and Parrot Heads. Another one yeah. of my dad's big time favorites. That was always yeah. on at home. Um, yeah, we've been yeah. listening to a bit of him lately, actually, because there's a band going around at the moment called Midland. Um, yeah, yeah, American yep. Country band. They basically taken Buffett's thing and just repackaged it now. Yeah, Hawaiian shirts. People Mid- say I got a drink in problem. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah. It's good stuff. It's a lot of problem at all. Um, yeah. Now, Braggy, you're not going to yeah. believe this, but uh, first up, rest in peace, Jimmy Buffett. But I yeah, actually I got that in the second, um, second part. I believe I, you, Kelly. I thought to myself, that's not Jimmy Buffett, is he? Ben, you almost threw me with white sports coat and pink carnation. I'm thinking Roger Miller. No. Yeah, white, I was. Yeah. <laughs> white sports oh. coat and pink crustacean. Oh, pink crustacean, that's right. <laughs> now, so I'm, okay. So, yeah. So, second, yeah. I was going to say, you're not talking about Jimmy Buffett, but I well, thought, no, well done, Kelly. I, I can't be first ever. <laughs> All right. So, well boys. Done. In the in the final segments of the show, what's next for you? What's happening in the? Where are you guys heading? You're heading to Nashville or to Memphis or any of those Something places? Something even better, you... Sydney apparently. Hey, yes, man. yes. Byron. Starting off, Byron. hey. Yes, T- Tennessee via Sydney this Saturday at the Newtown Festival. Um, I think that's a via donation. So come on down. That should be a good one. Uh, then we've got some time off over Christie, but we're hitting it hard in January at Tamworth and then kicking straight into the Charlie Crockett tour. Um, we've got Riverboats coming up, up, which is a fantastic festival, a bunch of great artists there, um, and obviously Blues Fest coming up. But um, if people want to sort of check out our dates, we've got them all at www.sweettalkmusic.com.au. Or on Instagrams, we're pretty active on there. At uh, the handle is at sweet underscore talk underscore music. So yeah, we're um we've got a lot of great gigs coming up, and we'd love love everyone to come there. Mm. Yeah, it's on one and up, but for you guys, by the sounds of it, that sounds yeah. massive. Sounds we've also got a Christmas song coming out on the first yeah. of December. Right, <laughs> a Christmas. Yeah. Song. That is old school. That would be yes. today. Tell yes. me this. Is there sleigh belt in it? Uh, uh, there, there's, there's the whole. Oh, is there no? No, there's a, there's a, there's a. <laughs> what do you call it? A tubular belt. A tubular belt. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. It's lovely. That's yeah. lovely. But we it no? completely. No, there is. It was a sample, but uh, it, it, we recorded uh, that one live, except for the tubular bell. Um, yeah. Okay. So um, you put out one. I could emulate that. So you put the out Santa player. Claus is coming to town last year. I take it. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Okay. Yeah. And then you've got one coming out oh, this cool. year. 
Yeah. That is, that is cool. That is That's cool. great. No, we, we, we're going to do it every year. So the idea yeah. is in 12 years, we'll have an album. <laughs> <laughs> well, Curly, Curly, we'll have to play that on the Christmas show, Curly, for sure. Yeah. And you'll make a, and you'll, you'll be topping the British charts by then. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And, It'll be and full you legacy could, mode by then. Yeah, yeah, you could definitely call it the best of your Christmas songs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'll be the best, the best of the best of sweet talk. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think, uh, I think on top of that, we, 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 I think we're going to release a single, another single in. February, I think so. Is it the, the end yeah. of the Charlie Crockett run? Um, yep. a new single coming out called Hot Skillet Love. Um, which Hot uh, Skillet Love, Hot Skillet Love, yeah. Oh my, a little God. bit hotter than warm love, a little bit hotter than warm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and so that's uh, that's going to be a Tr Trina Shoemaker, uh, yeah, Trina, Trina mix again. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, we'll put out a couple more singles. And the idea is, all things go well, we will get over to the state sometime next year, um, yeah, sort of around place, September. That's a place for you. It, uh, absolutely. Again. I mean, you have to go go there to sustain a career, really, in mm. what we do. So, mm -hmm. well, let's hope they love you. Let's hope they understand you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I, I, I have a feeling it's going to be it's going to be like the Rolling Stones taking blues back in 1966. Yeah. Yeah. Be, yeah. I'll thank you for uh, me in there. Yeah. Like I said, first I went to, when I went to Nashville and you're walking down the street and there's a 20-foot poster of Keith Urban, you know you'll be fine. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. For sure. Well, well, guys, I'll make sure your links are in the show notes of the podcast so that people can go check it out. We'll edit in some of your music and uh, Warm Love will definitely be in there. And what was the song, Braggy? The um, – Left me for the music. For the music. Love that we'll one. make sure that that awesome. one's in there. And, of course, I like Superman because it reminds me a little bit of the bicycle song. So. Okay, go Superman.
Oh, right, Curly. We'll talk Curly, thank you. Curly's descriptions are the best. He's a big fan. It's a big Mungo Jerry fan. Yeah, <laughs> just the beginning. It just sort of, oh, yeah. But anyway, so guys, um, thanks heaps for coming on the show tonight. Yeah, and it's been good. It's I hope you've great, enjoyed guys. enjoyed the episode. I hope our viewers have enjoyed the episode. And of course, if you have, please like and subscribe wherever you've listened to the podcast, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, or any any number of podcast platforms that are out there. Of course, it's also on our website at unfilteredundiscovered.com. The songs that we featured during the show are in our uh, undiscovered, sorry, unfiltered undiscovered playlist on Spotify, which is now over 300 songs. So there are some absolute classics. And as per always, lyrics from the playlist, this comes from that great WA band called The Stems. The song's called Temi in Two Ways. And it opens with these classic lines, all these things that you never said, all those words going through my head. Time after time, I let her cry. I laughed and I laughed and she waved goodbye. And as we wave goodbye, thanks for tuning in. Thanks, guys, for being with us. Uh, very much appreciated. And we'll see everyone else next week. Bye for now. Appreciate it, Curly. Rossi, Braggy, thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. And somewhere along the line, we lost Braggy. Right. There it is.